So I was at a shoot on Saturday. Mm -hmm. Um, For those who don't know, um, my husband and I are involved in pheasant shooting, which is a very British thing to do. And it makes me (laughs) feel really cool. I'm like four shades of separation from Downton Abbey. So we're just working our way there. Basically. Basically. Um, So anyway, we were at the shoot and this guy was telling us about this like horrible shoot that is really really expensive there's like 2,000 birds that they shoot a day it's like wild um and for context the one that we go to is like 60 birds so it's really it's really ethical um but it but it is like they don't shoot for shooting they shoot things that were raised to die in that manner it's the same as like eating a burger Mm -hmm. anyway um they were telling us this guy was telling us a story about um one of the guys shooting at the like really expensive wild shoot mm-hmm. was like a crazy rich guy and he shot one of the people who was like trying to get the birds to fly and the guy was like so calm about it he's like here's the keys to my new land rover um i'll pay your wages for a year and I'll pay for your medical care as long as you go private and you don't go to the hospital. And the guy's like freaking out. And he's like, no, I need to go to the doctor. Like you just shot me. Like you shot me. Um, and the guy's like, I will pay all of your wages for a year, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, where's the shoot? <laughs> like, Honey, shoot me. <laughs> like I can use a new car. I am down for like a quick surgery. I'm just like, not the face, you know, like yeah. left arm. I don't really use that. Just get in there. Um, so uh, if you're looking for a career change, Go get I don't know if he took the deal, but he didn't say that he didn't take the deal, which to me sounds like he took the deal. I would thousand percent would take that deal. And be like, See this new Land Rover? That's why I don't care about the fact that my arm is completely bandaged right now. So I can't gear shift, but I still own it. So wow. Did you did I tell you I'm learning to drive manual? You did mention it. Yes. I'm very proud of you. Thank you. (laughs) It's tough. It's tough to learn. Well, mostly because I just don't want to get stranded somewhere. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. It's all that empowerment and being an independent woman. I N D E P E N D E N T. Do you know what that means? <laughs> bringing the classics back to you guys this evening on <sighs> Hannah's radio show. Bringing it back. <laughs> oh, I hate when radio DJs talk like that. <laughs> Stop talking like that. Sorry, you sound Eugene. You guys, family and friends are like, why do you sound like that? And he's like, what do you mean? <laughs> this is my job. <laughs> Okay. Did you switch to coffee now? I did. Um, for context, I was previously drinking mulled wine because my time it's after midnight. Um, (laughs) just casual. Um, but I like was dying. I was going to fall asleep at the wheel. Um, (laughs) AKA the wheel of this podcast. And (laughs) And Jesus was was unavailable to take it. (laughs) Jesus could not take it. (laughs) So, um, (laughs) <laughs> he was occupado and so i switched to coffee so happy for you thank you i just ate a lot of fried wontons and they were so good so do we have anything else to say before we dive in was there any conversations i feel like we had so much of it on the mini that we discussed that mm-hmm. i feel like there was something i wanted to tell you and i took a screenshot and i need to find it again still tbd oh. on the emma's app dating adventures segment 
I haven't come up with any gems yet. Well, by the time we record again, we'll have a conversation. So what happens when I- I'm still mulling. What happens when I get into a relationship and that's not an option anymore? We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. I'd like to take my fences one at a time. Sure. I mean, like, if we could talk about, you know, realistic situations. <laughs> On it for a while. I don't know, Emma. What about when you hit the lottery? <laughs> <laughs> what about when you get shot at a pheasant shooting range? The guy gives you his car. Yeah. You First know. of all, congratulations. There was this rumor at, um, I did... <laughs> I always say it like I did time there. I spent about six months, like a little over a semester at Kent State before I went into the armed forces. Sure. Um, and <laughs> wasn't a sorority. That is a true statement. Um, it was the biggest waste of money in my life. It was like $700 to make friends. And to be fair, it was fun. <laughs> I would but, do it like, right now. <laughs> No, it was fun, but yeah, Emma's like, where do I sign up? Um, I, You're obligated like, I, don't regret, I don't regret doing it, but uh-huh. I could have gone on a really cool trip somewhere <laughs> rather than that. Well, that's not the headspace that you were in at that time. Anyway. No. Anyway, um, so at Kent State, there was this rumor that if somebody hit you with their car, they had to pay for your tuition. So kids would literally like throw themselves into traffic consistently it's a really good thing that it was like 20 miles per hour everywhere around the school and there were like tons of people who were like no and like slammed (laughs) on the brakes because people got like close oh no like you know those like suicidal squirrels that are like kind of testing you and they're like am I gonna try and die at your hand am I not (laughs) and then they like dive and you just have to stop yeah there were students like that I wonder how that would hold up in court though. Like if someone, like, let's say I had a dash cam and someone I'm like, cause there's been videos where people were like going super slow or they're like going over a bump and they come to a stop and then someone just like falls onto their car and then they're like, oh my God, you hit me. And the person's like, I literally wasn't moving. And I will say this was pre dash cams are a widely available thing because I this do, was many moons ago. I am curious how that would hold up. Cause then you'd have like the they jumped out in front of me argument versus the, I would never do something that crazy argument. So I'm wondering, I do wonder. If you had a dash cam, I don't think it would hold up. If you didn't have a dash cam, there's no version of the story where I hit a pedestrian. sounds like you're the good guy. <laughs> well, he was going so slow. I don't know, something like that. <laughs> he just ran out in front of me. Okay, ma'am, you're in a car. <laughs> so it's so back though. Um, I was listening to a podcast the other day and sometimes I'll be listening to podcasts and be like, if I were hosting, I would say something totally different <laughs> and like judge them. Because they're like, they're, even if they're wildly successful podcasts, I'm still like, um, actually, it's funnier if you say this. So you're welcome. <laughs> On my super successful podcast, this is what I say. <laughs> yeah, we have 20 listeners. So I actually, um, let me check our insights really quick. First of all, shout out to all 20 of you. Hello. Let's see. In the last week, We've had 37 plays and that is on and a like, variety of our episodes and they don't count like repeats so it wasn't like your mom several times i don't think so because it, it'll tell you I'm, I'm not sure so it'll list your like so for instance if you go on soundcloud you can see cities and it'll say like how many plays there were so all i can say is we're really popular in some places and nothing else because you're a lady thank you for your time <laughs>
So <clears throat> that's all I'm gonna say about it. But shout out to you. You know who you are. Love you, Matthew. Um, <laughs> Instagram, not real life. Tell. <laughs> Don't say tell. <laughs> you know how I feel about extended syllable words. <laughs> well, you're lucky because this is real life, and in real life, they're listening. Anyway. I listened to this podcast the other day and while I was judging them in my mind, I was making notes like about things that like, like stuck out to me that I was like, oh my God, that'd be so funny. And they're less funny when you look at them in note form versus like when you're listening and you're like, oh my God, that'd be so funny. (laughs) But they were talking about, it was um, the true crime podcast and they were talking about um, the International House of Prayer and the guy was on a 48 hours interview and he made a comment about being like, um, like it was a burden to be so like he's like you know I'm charismatic and that's something that I'm going to have to live with and deal with and they were laughing about like you know it's been said that I'm beautiful and guys enough I am beautiful yes but it's something that I'm gonna have to live with my whole life and it was just so something I felt like I would say That's why I wrote it's it. absolutely something you would say. <laughs> That's my cross to bear, isn't it? <laughs> but um, there obviously International House of Prayer has the same acronym breakout as International House of Prayer. I have. So um, they were talking about like what came to my mind was like um, I'd like a side of pancakes by prayer and salvation with a side of bacon. And in my mind, this was like the funniest concept. I don't know why. I was in the car laughing a lot, but. Anyway, the whole moral of the story is International House of Prayer reminds me of my dad's cult. Mm-hmm. So that'll be a good one to talk about at some point. We could mini it maybe because it's very one-sided. Remember that time my dad was in a cult? <laughs> Do you remember? Details at 11. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone, hello and welcome. I am Emma. I am Hannah. And this week's Transcontinental Tea is about red flags, aptly titled Red flags. My spirit animal is a bull. Hannah, would you like to explain that one? I would. Um, in doing research, as we always do, for the absolute stellar content we provide. Well ahead of time also, not just right now. Obviously. <laughs> obviously. We were looking at red flag puns, red flag jokes, because we knew we wanted to have a very authentic conversation about red flags because Emma ignores them on a weekly, if not daily basis. And it is not only a professional habit, but very interesting to talk about. Aside from that, we came across some gold. So I will read you a few ending with, and if I may say climaxing with, the title of our episode. (laughs) (laughs) Wink, wink there. Okay. Okay. There's a lot of the same joke about why communism wouldn't work. They should have seen the red flags. To at all of you that are making this joke. 9,000 of you made it and it wasn't a crack up the first time. So let's think about your life, reflect, make a different joke next time. Okay. At Emma. Okay. My love life is like a game of Minesweeper. I ignore a bunch of red flags and it always blows up in my face. I'm feeling personally attacked right now. At colorblind people of Reddit. When a guy slash girl sleeps with a bunch of people, do you see that as a red flag? Or is it just gray to you? And finally, the PS de resistance. My spirit animal is a bull. At Emma. 
because I too charge headfirst into red flags. Yeah. Listen, I would just like to say that the rose colored glasses, <laughs> um, glasses make it way harder to know if they're red or just impacted by the glasses. So mm-hmm. it's tough out there. Indeed, 2020. Anyway, that's going to be our, our topic today. Topic of the day. Experience that we have with it. But first, I figured we would just take a little itty bitty sip. Just take a little drink. So teeny tiny saucer with a teeny tiny cup. Take a sip of the tea of the week. So mine is doesn't have a title because it just requires description. So I is got, it a tale of woe? It is woe-ish. It's kind of like woe, but also <laughs> woe. <laughs> it's like woe or like woe. It's like woe. We've taken inspiration from Ua. <laughs> <laughs> Mine like be like woe. <laughs> um, so I get a text the other day from a number I don't have saved. Um, and I would say most guys' numbers I get from dating apps, I don't save your number unless we've spoken for at least consecutively two days okay. over the phone. Like, I just don't see the point. Um, so obviously this person and I did not interact much because I had deleted the text thread altogether. So I just got a text randomly from a 914 number. And I was like, who the heck is this? And they had texted me and I just ignored it. And then they texted me again later. And I was like, sorry, I don't have this number saved. And they told me who they were. And when I tell you that, not a single bell rang in my head. Not one. Not a one. Picture a very old church. The bells are gone. Super They're not disconnected. They're gone. Taken somehow. Somehow. God. Those are the kind of silent non-bell noises that we're talking about. Exactly. Yes. And he was reminding me and he sent me like photos because he sent me men on an app and I was like, okay, like whatever. So he's like, here's the photo that I use for like my profile pic on there. And I was like, okay, like I kind of remember you, but I don't, I don't remember this person. So they tell me who they are and we're like chatting and I find him on Instagram. And at first everything was, nothing was amiss, but then I like went into his photos and I started seeing some of the captions that he wrote in the comments that people made. And it became apparent to me that he seemed to be in a relationship with a man. Mm-hmm. Um, now, women, I feel, call their friends, their girlfriends and things like that. And they're a little gay with each other. And that's just, in my experience, a very women friendship thing to do when you both identify as heterosexual women. Um, I've never met a guy who does that with his friends. I've never met a guy who calls his friend his human that he's grateful to have found. Um, I've never found a guy who posts quote unquote, the moment I knew happy birthday messages about their guy friends that they aren't dating. Um, maybe I'm wrong guys, fill me in. Like, is this something you guys just do with your bros? But I have questions. <laughs> At men. <laughs> um, so then I went to the comments cause I was like, okay. And people are in there calling them a gorgeous couple and like, Hey, like let so-and-so know about like engagement photo shoots, if that's something that you need. And 
Then I went to the guy's profile and he's got them. So I don't know if you remember when the Proud Boys hashtag was trending. It was initially like an alt-right group. That I yeah. And then it was basically taken over by like LGBTQ people. Yeah. Um, well, this guy had a photo of him and this man who texted me with a photo together with the caption Proud Boys. And they're very clearly like liberal individuals. I know they're not referring to Proud Boys in like the political sense. Um, sure. And it, every sign is pointing to we are in a relationship. So I texted him and I was like, hey, this might sound crazy, but it seems that you're walk dating me, a man. Walk with me here. <laughs> name is and I was like, and I should have prefaced this with him, but I get a lot of wrong number texts. My number used to belong to someone named Craig. So I told him, I don't know if you know, I am a woman. Um, I don't know if you were texting me with the intention of me being who I am, or maybe you met someone named Craig. I don't know, you know, um, and he's never responded to me. Like we have not spoken again since I sent these messages. And I was like, and it's not to say you can't swing both ways and I, you know, but just for transparency's sake, like it seems like- You might want to clarify. And um, eventually I sent a text and I was like, you know, like I didn't mean to assume and at the risk of sounding and appearing insane, which I'm okay with. Cause at this point he hadn't responded to me for a while. So I was just like sending texts, like trying to figure out what was going on. And I'm not a huge fan of like the double texting but at this point I was like really worried I had offended him. You know, I was like, did I just call someone gay? who's like not gay, but I made sure that this was the same guy and the same photos that he showed me were on this same profile. So um, either someone is catfishing as him and didn't know that he was gay or he's got something else going on that I'm totally unaware of. So that's my take of the week because it was a really bizarre moment for me. Did he ever answer? No. Mm. No, once I sent the final text where I was like, you know, I've sent you too many in a row already and I probably look crazy, but you know, like I didn't mean to assume anything. It just seems that this is your situation. And if I'm wrong, like, you know, just let me know. And then I just, I think I just deleted the text thread at that point. Cause I was like, looking at this physically pains me <laughs> because I am very critical of like, what I did and said, even though none of it was like out of line, mm-hmm. I was just like, yeesh. Um, and I've never heard from him since. So uh, who knows? Who knows? It was a really strange situation. And it was funny because it happened at the time where I was like, man, I don't have a good tea of the week this week. And here it <laughs> was this really weird situation. So there you go. That's it. My tea of the week is also a tale of woe, but like, whoa like very sad whoa um slash whoa uh (laughs) how rude (laughs) um so basically I have like a PO box because I work for a U.S. company so I have to have like a U.S. shipping address and I have to have like a U.S. bank account and a bunch of other minutiae and bullcrap to be honest with you because it's exhausting to continue to work for America when I have broken up with every other part of it here we are anyway Love my job at my employers. Please don't fire me. Um, But I have to have a PO box. And my British friends, this is like crack to them because they can order US stuff without paying exorbitant shipping fees, which if you've ever tried to ship something internationally, let me tell you, that is expensive and it's going to take a while. So anyway, this guy that um, I'm on the uh, worship team at my church, I'm in the band. Uh, another guy in the band was like, Hey, can I order some stuff to your PO box? Yeah, sure. And then I didn't hear anything else from him. So in my brain, 
one did not order anything because one would say person with address i have ordered something and therefore would like you to look out for it because you might have other parcels besides just mine and you might get confused as to what is yours because it has your name on it and what is mine because it also has your name on it cut to this week Mm -hmm. week before the week of christmas a very important time in parcels right we are talking not life or death, but very close. We want to know where are our packages? We have to be tracking things. We have numbers that don't lead anywhere. It's exhausting. Both my husband and I have sent separate Christmas presents to my PO box Mm -hmm. under my old name. um, And we're just like waiting and waiting so we can separately wrap the presents that we got for each other. His is for me and mine's for him. Yeah. Wait, so how are you going to know, are you going to open yours by accident when they do eventually arrive? No. So mine comes from a different address. So I know which one is his and which mm, one's okay, mine. Okay. Um, but we have one parcel each coming in mm. somehow. So I get three parcels. And at one point I thought that someone was like KGB spent sending me like a spy message. Cause it's like this random collection of like keyboard parts and it looks like almost like a cipher that you put together yeah and I'm like is this the beginning of like a Tom Hanks movie where he tells me about some fact of history and then we go on like an adventure in Europe because there's a pandemic right now like I don't have that kind of time Tom um <laughs> Tom, Tom. Tom. <laughs> it's weird because Tom's my dad's name so it's really <laughs> strange anyway um and then a second one arrives and I assume that it's my husband's because it's like a Lego thing and my husband likes Lego. I don't know if boys ever grow out of it, but he really likes it. So I'm like Lego thing equals it's my husband's. Third thing arrives and I'm like, okay, this must be mine. No, it is flipping keyboard parts. So previously I figured out that the keyboard was well, actually, my husband figured it out because it was on the receipt. Because I looked at this thing and I'm like, who sent this? <laughs> like, you know, those conspiracy theorists are like, <laughs> the conspiracy theorists are like leaning out their window like, I know you sent this. Like, I was like that. It was getting dark. I didn't get the red string out yet, but I was very close. <laughs> um, and so I f- he figured out, he's like, yeah, it says the guy's name on it. Like, you have to give him this. This is his. I'm like, oh, it makes so much more sense. Thank you for being so smart. Um, <laughs> so anyway, I gave him his parcel. Second thing arrives, I think it's my husband's. And then I have like a moment of clarity where I'm like, he doesn't remember ordering it. I don't remember ordering it. You know who did order two other things after I gave him the first thing? And he was like, oh yeah, I ordered two more parcels. Why wouldn't you tell me that? Why don't you tell me that when you ordered? Sure. Second parcel must be his. Repackage. Ready. This week, I get a parcel notification and I'm like, yes. Mine sent first before my husband. I'm going to get the parcel first. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, And my mom also sent parcels from the States for us for our Christmas present. So I'm like, either way, this is going to be good news. Do you know what it is? Keyboard parts. Keyboard flipping parts. A week before Christmas, you have received three. I said thrice times the packages that I have received <laughs> to my own mailbox. Also, is he building a keyboard? 
Yeah, he works for Apple. It's like a whole thing. Like you work for Apple. Can't they just like drone drop you some parts? Anyway, my mailbox is turning against me and it's betrayal. <laughs> Jail. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was our teeny tiny little tea of the week. Little bit of cute. And it took us no time at all to drink and let us no time. thirsty for more. So, you know what is great after Tea of the Week? A game. A game? A game. A game? (laughs) It's like when you hold a ball up in front of your dog and they're like, oh, and they're like, oh no. And you're like, just kidding. They're like, yeah. It's like that. Like they immediately put on their Sherlock Holmes hat. The game is a (laughs) book. So, I have come up with a game that is Christmas themed because the episode is not Christmas themed. No. Um, and I feel a little bit responsible to our listeners to give them a little bit of holiday cheer, but also to be a nice distraction from the 999 other things that are trying to give them holiday cheer. Sure. So what did we uh, title our game, Han? It's not that great. I'm sorry. Naughty or nice. Well, I say that because we came up with multiple options and I think that for the people, we should mention a couple of them. Tough. Speak it, honey. Okay. Speak it. Well, we came up with We tried to keep it within the Christmas realm, so to speak. Holidays. <laughs> I can't cancel that again. There you go. There's your episode Grinch reference. If you are playing along with Truth or Grinch, please drink now. That's referenced in an episode that will come out well after Christmas. <laughs> As referenced in an episode that we actually recorded a while ago. Uh, nothing else to add. <laughs> Um, okay, other title options were Scrooge or Santa, Sled or Sayonara, which is probably our least Christmas themed episode. Yeah, really just general winter. And <laughs> Hannah's personal favorite, Jangle or Jump Out of a Window. Jingle or Jump Out of a Window. <laughs> yeah, so. Come on, tell me that doesn't get you thinking. Like, would I jingle to this? Yay. Yay. Or would I jump out a window and avoid it? Hard to say. Hard to say. So, all I want for Christmas is you. Obligatory Mariah Carey reference made. Check. Check. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> Naughty or nice. So, in the unbelievably complex game that I've come up with, you have two <laughs> options. Okay. You either think something is not good, naughty, Shut or you up. think it is good, nice. Okay, hang on. <laughs> Explain to me again the origin of the word naughty which is a game of the mind (laughs) (laughs) it's like chess so to speak just way less strategic and not complicated (laughs) okay i am going to give these to emma she has not heard these before Mm -hmm. um so these are going to be her genuine reactions pony (laughs) genuine nice (laughs) naughty or nice here we go okay eggnog naughty I've never tried it. So Emma has like a visceral reaction to this. I still don't know what this. You need me to re-give you the reference that I gave you for why? Nope, nope. She made a very NC-17 (laughs) reference um, that I do not need repeated and is one of those things that you can't unhear. So So unfortunately at eggnog, I will not be trying. Sorry, (laughs) Emma has ruined you. Yep. Yeah, she's the worst PR who you've ever had. Uh, Next one. Opening a present slash a couple of presents the night before Christmas. Um, 
Naughty or nice? I naughty this if you don't already have a pre-ordained tradition in doing this. So like a lot of families will do Christmas pajamas and that's the gift that you open. But the thing is like, you know what it's going to be. So it's, so it's less of a gift and more like a fun thing. Yeah, which I'm fine with. Um, like I said, if that's your trend, then nice. But for the most part, I'm a naughty on this one. Mm. I have, I always have two reasons. <laughs> gonna have two. I have, I have two reasons that I will nice this. Number one, this has been a tradition for many, many moons with my mom and I. Mm -hmm. So um, my mom and I grew up, I grew up with my mom, like primarily living with her. Mm -hmm. So um, basically I got a present on her birthday because I felt left out when I was a kid and that just didn't stop. So I still to this day get a tiny present on my mom's birthday, um, which I thoroughly enjoy <laughs> at only children, hands up. And then the basically it carried into at Christmas we always each open one present the night before Christmas so for me it's like a very sweet tradition um and secondly reason number two my second fold mm -hmm. is that I really hate not being able to immediately watch someone open a present that I've given them yeah. it's a really big instant gratification thing for me like as soon as I get the present in my hands I'm like I want to know if they like it I want them to open it Right now. I'm going to open it right now. Yeah. It's March, Hannah. It could be Christmas. You wanna... <laughs> Christmas is in your heart. Okay. Thank you. So says Mariah, so say I. <laughs> Did you see that thing that she put out? It was like somebody got their girlfriend, like a Mariah Carey ornament, and it was bad. Like it was really ugly. And like half of her one eye was covered in bangs. And so it was just like a dot and like a jab. <laughs> and Mariah Carey tweeted back at it at this person oh, no. um this is not approved but i appreciate the gesture <laughs> <laughs> i hate it it's mariah for you anyway apparently she put out a apparently she put out a christmas special and it's everything that you would expect out of mariah carey christmas special. her walking around in really high heels and not enough clothing and not really doing much else yeah she's in a sleigh at some point okay yeah <laughs> that tracks <laughs> okay what's next useful gifts such as soap socks, etc. I nice this because I'm 27 going on 80. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, socks? Really? For me? My feet are always so cold. Thank you so much. That's me. So I naughty this. Okay. Because I am a sentimental person. So for me, I either want to get you something that I know you're really going to love so it feels sentimental because it shows how much I know you or I get you something literally sentimental. Well, that's, um, I'm talking about receiving. Right. So when I give, it's never like, I got you some headbands for the gym. So if I give socks, so um, he was my boyfriend at the time. No, he's my husband. Um, <laughs> but my husband was telling me like, two Christmases ago that I should get a friend of ours socks. And I was like, that is the meanest thing. He's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, socks is like what I'd get for someone that I had to buy a present for, but I had no idea what they like, like a bath and body works lotion. Like, I, I don't know you at all. Here's a gift. Um, <laughs> and I was like, seriously, anybody would say that. And he's like, yeah, 
So I called my mom and I was like, mom, what do you think about getting socks for Christmas? And she's like, it's really generic. Like, like something that you would get for somebody who doesn't know you or like that you don't like. Mm-hmm. And I'm mm-hmm. like, ergo, thusly, world peace. Um, yeah. So I will say, I don't mind if people give it to me, but I don't truly appreciate it. I'm at the stage of my life where I should be able to buy my own socks. And so mm-hmm. like, I'm thinking I, more like, do you want to give me a Roomba? Yeah, I'm talking like 30 or less kind of practical mm-hmm. gifts. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, it's like, you thought of me enough to get me something. It might not be a handmade thing that I'm giving you, which is the bar that you should set for yourself. But it's fine. I'm going to do it anyway. So. All right, next one. Okay. Watching literally any Christmas movie on like Netflix or Hallmark that is available leading up to Christmas because it's Christmas time. Nice. Hello. This is not common practice. Naughty. I can't sit through a bad movie just because it's Christmas. There are enough good movies at Christmas that I can just rewatch. I, so I will say, I know there are people who really hate rewatching movies. I'm not that guy. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have very specific movies that we're watching at Christmas. It's never like, I don't, I never watched the night before Christmas with like Vanessa Hudgens or anything like that because it looks totally trash. But like, as I have evidenced to the listeners, I don't know how many times. I know The Grinch with Jim Carrey by heart. It's in my heart. It's too inside. It's part of me. Yeah, but what about like The Princess Switch 2? Well, no, but you didn't specify bad Christmas movies. You just said- you would watch literally any movie because it's Christmas themed. No, I thought you meant like if there's a Christmas movie available on Netflix. No, I'm saying I like see. literally you're working your way through every no, available. Then I naughty that because that's ridiculous. Because Have some standards. Got it. Okay. Turkey dinner. Naughty. Christmas is ham. And that's it. <laughs> there is no other meat, there's no poultry. It's ham. Emma has spoken. I am the Christmas guru. I will be having beef for Christmas. Okay, well, I disagree with you. And do you know how bad I'll feel about it? I'll give you a hint. It's not bad. (laughs) (laughs) Mariah and I would like to have a little sit down with you. We're going to post a clip of what we're referencing yeah, on the yeah. Instagram because I don't think any normal person has seen it, but it's no one of the best. It triggered a memory in me that I didn't know existed. It's like a dream. You didn't realize you had yes. it. <laughs> you had that too. I thought I was alone. Like truly. Um, yeah. It was a really good moment for us. And we're going to share that with everybody. Yeah. So, uh, okay. Family games like charades or um, other like board games. Nice. My family and I have tons of fun doing that. It was never a thing that my family and I did. Um, I'm, I'm not opposed to it, but um, my family either played like cards mm-hmm. or just chatted and watched TV. Like mm-hmm. we were not like, let's play Monopoly kind of people. I would say that's the average. We definitely play, um, they call it cheat in the UK. It's basically, we call it bullshit. Um, it's oh, the, yeah. the lying game where you pretend like, oh, here's five threes. And then everyone's like, that's bullshit because there aren't five threes. And you're like, what? And then That's you shake all the cards. <laughs> That's our favorite game, but we have been known to play a, a risk or two 
trouble. Maybe. We risked a bit. Do you know you can play Risk on your phone? So I was going skiing two years ago now and board at the airport, board at the airport, board is mm-hmm. the abridged version of board in the house that was that day. And again, husband, then boyfriend was playing something on his phone and he has a million games on his phone and they're all stupid. They're like <laughs> manage an airport on your phone. Oh no. <laughs> like I, I jingle or jump out the window, jump out the window. Um, <laughs> so anyway, he's, usually playing some random game on his phone that I'm like, but he was playing risk. And I'm like, how is this possible? And he's like, Hannah, it's 2018. Like risk, risk on your phone is not that big a deal. And I'm like, Oh, what? Well, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> what made I all they work around here? <laughs> and that's our part. Whatever I want. Whatever, Whatever I want. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, so I have played Risk on my phone and it's actually really entertaining. Hmm. I don't know how I feel about it. Finally. And I know how you're going to feel about this. I just want okay. to include it because I think people need to know. Sweet potatoes with marshmallows. Nice. That's a staple. I had to explain to Emma that at the British Thanksgiving that my in-laws did for me basically to make me feel better about the fact that my wedding got delayed there were not going to be sweet potatoes with marshmallows. And it was basically like me explaining to her that human rights violations were normal and fine. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I like to say that I fundamentally disagree. According to your Geneva Convention rights. <laughs> so I'm just saying, sweet yeah. potatoes and marshmallows are on there. They're I don't know which article they're on. They're there. I don't know which subset they're included in. But it's there. Meanwhile, in the UK, people are like, Bleh. what a gross American thing to do. And I'm like, I get it. I understand. It's good. <laughs> I'm not dissing it, but I also get why people would be repulsed. You know, I, I understand why non-Americans don't understand that because their sweets in general are not nearly as sweet as ours. Um, because they don't have the same capacity for morbid obesity or the propensity hey, to eat about five times. We all have our flaws. Normal food intake of your body size <laughs> i i don't know about that <laughs> i mean die out things work out here <laughs> oh, i out things work here in america we eat until we die why is the yeah. end starting to do it <laughs> um <clears throat> so yeah okay good good options there good little christmas sprinkling for you good goodness Cheat. so and now it's really time to get into that brings us to the tea the sipping portion not the tea of the week because <laughs> the fine. tea of the week is what we all know we you said tea the- first is all i'd like to say if you're head in the game <laughs> that um, does i apologize for the brief outbreak of violence against myself when i forgot the name of the beloved portion of the show i call slash we call sip on sip Namaste in bed. Yeah, sipping. It's time, I think, to just do a little sip. Big sip. The tea is exceptionally good today. (laughs) Who made this? Mm, Mmm, very delicious. So, like we mentioned earlier, today's episode is about red flags. And me, the bull, who's like, what red flags? And she just, ah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the 
video thing I'm going to use to do our, our sneak peek for the week. Hannah, being a bull, charging the computer. There's a new transcontinental tea. <laughs> Hannah has a real issue of making herself look foolish. So I can't believe that she did this. This is shocking to me. <laughs> You're about to go to like a really deep emotional space. I just wanted to like. Oh man. I can't wait for people just to click on our story and see Hannah charging at them from the screen. In hindsight, I did not. <laughs> Video <laughs> <laughs> so, had I thought about the video portion, <laughs> oh, man, oh, that was gold. I can't not use it now. I'm sorry. Betrayal. <laughs> Jail. <laughs> oh shoot. Okay. Um, the metaphorical bull is charging into these red flags, and her name is Emma. So, um. I would say we'll go, we're just gonna have a conversation about it. We're gonna go for a tit for tat. Like, what's a red flag you've experienced? What's a red flag you've experienced? For me, it's gonna be like, why did you ignore all these obvious signs that this was a really terrible person? And I'm gonna go, we were in love. That's gonna be the end of my portion, so. Um, I will also say that for all of you that are like Emma, after she tells the stories, Emma, obviously that was a red flag. Why didn't, why didn't you stop this? You know, what, where were you? I will tell you that an Emma in love is an Emma in denial, which is not just a river in Egypt. So she is not only not aware of the red flag, she's like the captain of the flag team that's like, woo, 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 woo. So like, she's like, this flag is fine. It's not a problem. And then like two weeks later, so I have a slight issue. Um, and then she explained the thing that you pointed out as a red flag. And she's like, I think like just studying myself and like the universe's wisdom, I really feel <laughs> deep that this is an issue. And you're like, hmm. <laughs> you know. Well, you know, if I'd only had that astrology dating book that the girls in Paris mm. talk so highly of, five random 18 year olds in paris unsupervised can you send us the name of that book because desperately it, it would really add so much value to our lives i mean truly how many of these could i have avoided with that book at least three at least five to six i, I would say it's a large range so Possibly. they failed me as a woman as a sister in the sisterhood of women you failed as a fellow womanhood haver. Smoking <laughs> 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 your girl card. Give me back your glitter and take off your Uggs. <laughs> I don't know what you're quoting, but I, it sounds like My Little Pony, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I was quoting myself, but I took a reference from a comedian who was talking about how all girls are insecure. And she's like, it's like they give you a card where they're like, Here's your girl card. Here's your glitter. Here's some mug boots. Go be insecure. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! I did it. <laughs> oh no. It was just a reference. It was no direct quote. Oh no. Okay. Um, I would say the biggest red flag I ignore all the time, every single time, without fail, because I'm dating for potential instead of the person, is a fundamental difference in our moral code. Emma has one. Is I do have one. 
is usually the, the fundamental difference. Yes, I do have one. I have a religious basis. I don't force it down anyone's throat, but I do live my life by that code. And when someone does not share it with me, I find that to be very reflective in their actions. And yet, and still, I'm like, still. oh, well, his mom is Catholic. That means that he's Catholic. And he was probably baptized as a baby, which means that we're fine. And we're not fine. We were never fine. Listen, never fine. I'm not telling you that faith has to be important to you, but if faith is important to you, you have to actually look at the other person who's in the relationship with you or potentially in the relationship with you with a valid measurement because mm-hmm. his grandfather two generations ago was pretty cool with the Pope. Like, come on, come on. And Emma's like, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, why are they so mean to me? I don't understand. And why they treat me like human garbage. It's weird. <laughs> I don't get that little factoid there, but that's my biggest red flag that I'm just like, what flag? I don't see a flag. I want to save the Paul story for like the end because it really is just a, a complicated tale to weave. Um, really? I think the biggest thing that I, I don't, I don't really ignore red flags. Um, if we're making a red flag reference, which I think we did earlier, but just in case, um, Emma is a little bit like, communist she can't get enough of the red flag she's a huge fan i'm a little bit like the 60s 70s and 80s u.s governments about red flags they get really touchy and they try to send people to assassinate them so <laughs> i don't do red flags uh i i just i don't i think like and looking back on it it's it was a coping mechanism to make sure that i left someone before i got left but mm-hmm. any like subtle red flag even when I was talking, which is why I wasn't in a lot of relationships, like, nope, bye, see you. Mm. <laughs> Fare thee well, Felicia. Um, <laughs> so my experience with red flags is mostly friend-based, um, aside from one friend slash, I don't know what category you'd put him in, interesting human <laughs> who turned out to be crazy. The worst. Um, but I think the, um, the biggest thing that in terms of guys for me was like trying to keep the conversation going like text to like or messages to like try to like keep it flowing and like it was always on my shoulders to mm-hmm. keep them interested and like you kept being interesting and it's like if a guy really likes you you don't have to be like juggling fire for them to want to talk to you. Mm-hmm. you you should just be able to be yourself and maybe that interested that they want to then pursue the conversation And I think in the past, I spent a lot of time like churning butter, just trying desperately to get a guy to text back or like to talk to me or to keep Mm -hmm. talking to me. And I would end up spending like weeks talking to guys that if I had spent two hours with them, I would not like them. You know what I mean? And it was just about attention. So I was like, keep texting back, keep texting back. (laughs) (laughs) And it was just not worth it at all. And to Mm -hmm. be honest, if a guy starts ignoring you quickly, in my experience, he is going to ignore you down the road. Mm-hmm. So like, honey, save yourself the text messages. I know That's we true. don't pay her text anymore, but come on. I know it's kind of like a challenge aspect for me at that point though. Like I'm turned off by your behavior, but I'm desperate to prove that I am worthy of the attention that you don't want to give me. So we're just going to keep going. I also have a big issue with people who talk 
poorly about their exes without citing any actual references or experiences that would make that ex a valid person to dislike. Well, and it's because it's happened to you a lot. Like you've been the victim of, um, I'll say, uh, slander because libel is in print or the yes. opposite. I, I don't no, slander is in print, libel is verbal. You've been the victim of libel. Um, listeners please tell us which question but basically like you've had people say really negative things about you and you've had people say like oh my ex is this this and that about you because they wanted to use you to get advantage points Mm -hmm. like oh like my ex is so crazy and I'm so misunderstood Mm -hmm. like anyway yeah I would say and because when I dated these guys and I know that they're saying these things about me because they said the same things about the exes before me so trust and believe if they're saying it to you they will say it about you yeah and with anyone in your life to be honest true the other thing i'll say when i was younger this was like mildly appealing to me and i think it comes from movies but if you find yourself attracted to a married person stop drop and get therapy like don't even put the thought in your brain and really examine your own motives as to why you're attracted to them. There were definitely moments where like, I never acted on anything, but there were moments where I found myself being attracted to a married person and I definitely acted inappropriately. Like I flirted with them, you know, things like that. And it's just unhealthy and unattractive to entertain. I think it's a lot of folds. One of them being if they choose you quote unquote over their spouse that means that you are special and destined to be together and everyone wants to feel special to the person that they're with of course but i promise you that god the universe mother nature whoever it is that you believe in will not send you someone else's spouse as your one and only just don't do it well and again like just looking at it from like a universe perspective i get it if you think like there's no meaning in anything, but that's also a belief system. So you have to check that against Mm -hmm. just being a kind human. Um, And you're never gonna do well by being a horrible person. Like in the end, it's it's not gonna go well. Um, So I think also there's this weird like attention thing that comes with it. And I think a lot of bad decisions and a lot of red flags are ignored because you want that attention from a guy like you want specific attention and I just think like if you're having to like do a like BBC nature style mating dance like if you're having to lure them like peacock lure them in Mm -hmm. they definitely don't like you um so even if you feel like you have this mystical like fate defying connection you obviously don't because you're having to like bend over backwards to get them to talk to you yeah um I think how they and this feels like an obvious one but it's definitely one that I've encountered god knows how many times um Mm. if they have a poor relationship with their mother or the way that they talk about their mother is very indicative of how they're going to feel about you yep so when all of my exes would like be rude to their mother and, and sometimes it was like justified, like sometimes the mom is a nightmare, you know, but at the same time, like you choose how you deal with that. And if how you deal with that is by being just a total dick about it, then I'm automatically going to feel like 
So is that how you're going to treat me if we have a rift or an argument? I mean, looking back, that's how I feel about it. In the moment, I'm just like, yeah, she's awful. Let's just not talk to her anymore. And then all of a sudden, I'm the one being treated like crap. And I'm like, what? <gasps> how could I have seen this coming? <laughs> um, no, it's really interesting because um, a guy that my friend is engaged to now, he has a terrible mother. And I don't mean like she's really negative. I mean, she exposed him to heroin when he was a kid. Like had her go, had him go buy drugs for her. Like she is a horrible human. Um, And she consistently like asked for money from him for years. So if he can still be civil and kind to his mother and occasionally send her like money to help her out when she needs it, with his soon-to-be wife like there's very few things that in my brain he would have had grounds to never speak to her again and nobody would have been like how dare you that's really rude <laughs> like so I <laughs> think like, if if you don't have something that's that traumatic in your situation and everybody has traumas to be fair but like if you don't have something that's that bad you shouldn't really be that horrible about the person who gave you life like yeah people mess up they're human and absolutely our parents traumatize us in our own unique special ways <laughs> um but like there are people who have been through worse and who are doing normal good people things mm-hmm. so just as an aside I have the phrase hot girl ish in my head and my husband was talking about something that he was going to do later. And I said, are you doing hot girl-ish? And he was like, yeah, yes, that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I would say that all the points we covered so far have been my biggest ones. Um, I know there were some mentioned in an article that we had found, and I didn't know if you wanted to like reference any of those and see how we felt about them from BuzzFeed. Oh, this one's really funny to me. Um, and just like a red flag that you don't encounter. Like I feel like our red flags were ones that are kind of like subtle and maybe you don't notice till it's too late. But this one's like really obvious. And it's this person dated a guy who needed to pretend that they were brother and sister to get it up. Now, I might be colorblind at times, but even that is too much for me. I wouldn't want to be in the same county as that person. I want to leave so. immediately. No, no. No, no. <laughs> no. You know, this person dated someone who had never had a job and relied on their wealthy parents, but referred to themselves as rich. That's actually not that crazy. I mean, I get the red flag thing, but that's not that wild. <laughs> the sister thing was, sister oh, thing was, I don't think we're going to like, I think we've peaked with the brother and sister thing. Yeah, that, that's probably it. <laughs> like, I think someone who tells you they love you too soon is a huge red flag after like the third date might be too soon. Interesting. So this is a great conversation pre my super cool Paul story that you are also involved in at Emma. Um, I was there. So... I've heard Emma say quite a few times um, that guys getting attached too quickly is like a huge issue for you. Um, Specifically guys that you're talking to on an app that like kind of apply a context of familiarity that isn't there for you. Mm -hmm. And I would like to know how you 
like when did you first notice this and how do you differentiate between someone that you also like versus like someone who you're not that into who's also giving you like more attention than you want Mm. I would say this is almost an across the board feeling for me until I have physically met you and hung out with you and decided how I felt then because I will never decide that I'm like all in with someone just over a virtual conversation ever. Right. I don't think anyone would. You shouldn't. You need to meet someone to decide how you really feel about them. So for people to get like just really attached to me before that moment happens, I just find it strange because it's like, well, you know, a part of me, you know, like, you know what I've presented to you, but for as far as you know, that could just be my best self that I'm like, this is what I want. You could be crazy. Yeah. You have no idea, you know? And so for me, it's like, I decide if I want to take that step based on if I enjoy talking to you. And then after we hang out, if you're still acting this way towards me, it's a huge turnoff for me. Mm. Like if the day we like, we decide like we're going to hang out and you're like gushing, I appreciate how flattering that is, but I will not reciprocate. So this is almost a me thing. It takes me a couple of weeks, even if I like someone to decide that I really like someone, Mm. you know, like once I decide it's really easy from there, but I don't get into that space until I like right away. No, never. Um, even with like every ex-boyfriend I've had, it took like a few dates plus talking for like a couple of weeks for me to be like, okay, I want to pursue this. I'm into this. Let's go forward. Yeah. It's interesting to me because, um, and I think you know this, but, um, my husband and I, we said, I love you. I want to say within two or three months of dating, Mm -hmm. the context for that was slightly different than online. Obviously we'd been friends for about a year before we started dating. Um, and then on top of that, so for example, like it would really freak you out if on a first date, a guy was talking about like their wedding or like marrying you. Right. I would run so fast. Right. Uh, run away, run away, baby. Um, (laughs) on our first date, I specifically brought up weddings because I started dating my husband, not because I wanted to date to date. So I just wanted to make it clear to him. I was like, um, listen, like, I am happy to be your friend. I'm so happy that we're doing this, but I'm not dating to have a boyfriend. Like I am dating because I want to get married. That's the phase of life that I want to move into. Mm -hmm. Um, and this is like, if you're not comfortable with that, I totally get that. That's fine. But that's where I want to be at. So if you're not comfortable, if you don't see yourself going down that path, I'm not saying on this date, you decide, but if you don't see yourself going there, like within the next couple of years, at least, I don't want to be on this date any longer because it's not going to be helpful for either of us. Cause I'm going to set expectations on you that are unrealistic, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I happen to say like, Oh, as, and when I get married, I'd like to have a small wedding and blah, 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 because it came up in conversation. Cut to, we got engaged about just under a year and a half into our relationship. So, um, there was a lot of time between saying, I love you um, and getting engaged, but we said it early, probably for like most people. Um, I think most people expect it to be about like six months. Mm. Um, I've said it, I've said it within two months of every relationship I've ever been in. 
Really? Mm-hmm. But it was a relationship. We were in the relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like once you're in the relationship. Once I'm in a relationship, like I said, it's not hard for me to develop feelings quickly for someone um, once I've decided that's what I'm going to do. But the, getting to that point, I can't do it over a couple of days like these people seem to be able to do. Like I just can't. And it triggers my fight or flight when they do that. And for me, it's always mm-hmm. flight. I always find it really interesting too that people often associate like timelines with specific things like within three months this is going to happen within six months this is going to happen within 12 months this is where we're going to be at and I think that mentality in and of itself is a red flag because you don't know the progression that your relationship is going to take with any given person any more than you know what the weather's going to be like in six months like yeah you can predict it but you don't know um and I think I've heard a lot of people say like, especially single people is usually who I hear it from. And I think I said it when I was single, like it's a very easy misconception, but like, oh, I definitely wouldn't want to date for more than a year because like by then I, I would either want to be engaged or like getting engaged. I don't, I don't want to date to date. Um, And I think I said that being single and I ended up getting engaged later. Um, but we decided to get married like four or five months in, like we're going to get married to each other, proceeded on that path. Eight months in, we're like, we're going to do premarital counseling to make sure that we're really, really getting married. Yes, we are. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then got engaged in the following spring. I think a big red flag for me is someone who claims to be serious about you, but is not receptive to those conversations. Um, and is very dismissive of that. Like I, once I'm in a relationship, I make my intentions very clear saying like, I don't have a set timeline, but this is the direction that I want. This, this is where I want to go. Yeah. And this is what I want. And for anyone to be like unsure of that automatically makes me cling harder to something that I feel like I'm losing. Um, yeah. Because I inevitably feel like it's going to go away because it's like, well, clearly we're not on the same page as this. So for anyone who's like, we don't need to do this or that's stupid or we don't need to do that when I'm just like suggesting things that could help us for a future together that's a red flag to me yeah I think anybody who whatever your page is like moving in getting married or having official like relationship status if somebody's not comfortable with your timeline you should question the relationship sooner than somebody who is fine with your timeline but you don't know if you feel the same way like I think the ability to progress down a path is more important like to agree on than both being at the exact same place on that path, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I, I never expect anyone, nor should they expect me to be in the same place as them at all times when it comes to where are we going with this? What are we doing? What does it all mean? But, um, but it's more so like, do you agree that this is something you could see between us yeah. happening? You know, like that is very important to me. Do you see yourself at this stage of life in the next few months, few years. And whatever the answer is, like, I'm not faulting you for whatever your answer is, but know that, that that's like a serious reconsideration on your part. If it's not matched to yours in a conducive way, like it doesn't need to be down to the minute, but if it's like, I'd like to be married by the time I'm 30 and yours is like, I could wait till 40. Like it's not going to work between us. And now without further ado, the Paul story. Now, the Paul saga, if you will, really? is a complicated tale of not love, 
Um, <laughs> it's a complicated tale of something. It started in 2015. Can you believe it? So, Paul. Back in 2015, my best friend and I at the time went on my first international trip beyond like Canada. Um, and we were going to London, Paris, and Rome. First of all, I have never been more excited about a trip like at that time or really until um, my next international trip. So I was like buzzing. Um, and I just, I couldn't get enough of it. I was so excited. I met, as they would have it, a, um, a group of like British, they didn't super sound British, but they were kind of British um, guys in San Antonio, which is wild because trust me, nothing cool ever happens in San Antonio. Sorry, San Antonio, but it's true. Um, your tacos are bomb though. Um, <laughs> anyway, so my friends and I met them at a bar and if you are an Anglophile and you meet British guys at a bar in Texas, which for all other intents and purposes is a wasteland, you don't just cling. You basically like hold on to the bumper of the car and just wait. Like, I'm not letting go, Jack, I'm not. Um, so uh, anyway, so my friends and I talked to them basically all night. Um, and I actually hit it off with a different guy, friend of Paul, um, who I call Ron Weasley in my head because he has red hair, but his name was Don. Um, anyway, yeah, like totally nothing in common. But anyway, we started texting because I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, you live abroad. I want to live abroad. <laughs> so anyway, I met them and I met them after my first trip to London, Paris, and Rome. So I'd been to England, loved it, deepened my Anglophilia, cut to, it was like the end of 2016, almost beginning of 2017, and we're going back. So we're going to London, Dublin, and Edinburgh. Mm -hmm. So I met these guys and I was like, oh my gosh, like this is fate, like this is amazing, now I have friends. So my friend and I met Don and Paul, two of the guys from the bar in Texas, mm -hmm. in London at a restaurant. And we were so excited because, okay, let me just set the movie scene for you. Here, here. Two best friends are traveling abroad. They leave the States, they're podunk towns behind, they get on an amazing plane, and they land in London. They both dress beautifully. They go to a restaurant to meet two foreign men, not unlike Mary-Kate and Ashley in Passport to Paris, who have agreed to take them to dinner and talk with them all evening and show them the sights. Cut to. We go to this restaurant, and I can't remember what I ate, but I hated it. Um, it was kind of expensive, but not in a nice way, and it was like the most generic restaurant. Like, there was nothing cute or cool or historical about it. Anyway, spend the whole night talking and realize that I have absolutely nothing in common with Don. And my friend has absolutely nothing in common with Paul, but Paul's really nice. He's the kind of person that like, he's very easy to talk to. He's very warm. Um, and so we agreed to go to a bar with them and basically ditched. We, um, oh, this should have been on my um, most like crazy things you've done to get out of something yeah. answer. We said that we had 
like cousins who were coming into London and they were underage. So we like, they couldn't meet us at the bar and we coordinated this in the bathroom, by the way. And <laughs> so, we need to go. yeah, it was bad. Um, cause we wanted to go do our own thing. Like we're mm-hmm. young and in London and we don't want to be tied down, especially to people that we don't really get along with that well. So anyway, we came up with this story that like, uh, our cousins were underage and we had to go babysit them. So we couldn't go out and we're so sorry and blah, blah, blah. So we execute this plan. It works, but Paul has my number now and I have his number because we coordinated to visit. Uh Oh, the seed of error has been planted. <laughs> it will only grow. She will thrive. She will thrive. So I should have seen a red flag at this stage. Here's the red flag waving. Let me tell you why. During the dinner, he was absolutely lovely. He mentioned that he had previously been married, but was kind of murky about it. Like, oh, I was married before, but like it didn't really work with her. And like kind of just tiptoed around that. If someone mentions that to you within like two days of knowing you, they're either a really big oversharer because that's like a really intimate thing. Like the breakdown of a marriage is hard. Mm-hmm. So like, it wasn't like a casual, like, oh yeah, I used to be married. It was like, I have deep emotional traumas because of how my wife left me. And you're like, <laughs> uh-huh. so how's your mom? <laughs> like, Change the subject. <laughs> um, but anyway, so, or the person's crazy. Sorry, to finish the red flag, they're either a massive oversharer or danger, Will Robinson, danger. Um, it was the latter. So anyway, uh, we make our excuses and we leave. We then spend a lovely day in London and Paul is messaging not only myself, but my friend. And he's messaging us very benign messages. Nothing that was crazy. You could, I could sort of, like, you could tell from the text messages that he was trying to kind of get in good with my friend, but it was fine. So I was like showing her the messages. She was showing me the messages. So I don't know why guys think they're like messaging each of you individually. They're messaging you both together. Because if anybody sends like, especially at that phase of my life, I was like 21. If anybody sent me a text message, all of my close friends saw it mm-hmm. um, and helped draft it sometimes. So anyway, we got on a train to Edinburgh, moved on, and we were so happy. But Paul continued to message. And at one point, my friend was like, he literally has messaged me six times in like a day. Red flag number two. (laughs) Like, if a guy who has a full-time job has enough time to message a girl, two girls, that he met randomly like consistently within minutes of each other and multi-text back you should be afraid that's like a lot of attention for not really knowing you and for having no promise of like I am interested in you like continue talking to me and this will go somewhere like nothing so we're in Edinburgh and he's messaging both of us messaging both of us and then he switches tact and he's like Hannah I know that I've been messaging Gianna. And I'm like, I know that I'm there. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm there. But it's important to me that you know that I feel a real deep connection to you. Danger, danger. Okay. It's like, I just feel like I could tell you anything. Okay. I'm still married. I 
I have to keep her hidden though, because my friends don't know that we're still married. And she and I are getting divorced, but it can't happen yet because she doesn't have the money to move out on her own. And I don't want to kick her out, but we both know it's over. Anyone who ever says we both know it's over, just get up and leave wherever you are on a plane. Change Only seats. they know it's over. 10 out of 10. <sighs> anyway. So being a 21 year old girl, I tell my best friend this and I'm like, and she's like, and then, <laughs> but basically I just kind of paddle by it. You know, I'm not romantically interested in him. So it's not a huge deal to me. Also stupid. But I was like, oh, okay. That's a really big deal. And then for the next several days, he proceeds to tell me all about his wife and like all the things she did and all the times she cheated and blah, 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 blah. How horrible she was. And I tried to be understanding because I, I am a pretty understanding person. And then Dublin. And he's like, oh, I wish I could just see you guys. I wish I could see you one more time. And we're like, oh, no. <laughs> Paul messaged us almost weekly slash bi-weekly for over two years. Cut to. I moved to the UK at the end of 2017. Mm -hmm. So I was physically moving here and I didn't know anyone. And being stupid, I was like, I just need a friend. And he knows that we're friends because we've talked this long and I've not said like, we're going to date. Mm -hmm. And I use the word friend a lot. So he can do the math. Like, we're just friends. Yeah. He proceeds to like take me to a dinner. He took my mom and I to dinner when she came. And that was a whole different fiasco. But basically, um, he like kept in touch, kept in touch, kept in touch, kept in touch. Um, and then my dear, sweet best friend, Emma came to visit me. And she met Paul. I'd love to, for you to tell this story because I've been talking now for so long. I've blocked out most of it, I won't lie. Um, so Hannah and I, I remember her mentioning like, you can meet Paul. And then she was, I don't think she had told me too many of the details about Paul at this point. I was just like, oh yeah, Paul, that person that you know that lives in the UK. We were at a pub for dinner one night and Paul met us there. So we're chatting, things are fine. We're all just chit-chatting and getting along just fine. And then... I am the Gianna of this story, of this specific story. And I didn't know it because there was no point in time where I was like, oh, it's Paul. I was just like, oh yeah, we're going to meet Paul. Yeah. We ended up going to a couple other pubs. I think we like pub popped a little bit that night and um, it was a lot of fun. Like I had fun. I had more fun when it was just Hannah, and I, but we had yeah. fun once Paul joined us. Um, he seemed fairly normal in person. I don't remember him scarring me emotionally at any point in time. No. Maybe he had gotten used to women at this point, who can say, but he has my number on WhatsApp now. And as such happened to Hannah, now it happened to me. And I didn't stop here. I think I ended up blocking him because it was incessant. And then he'd be like, you should come back. And it's like, I've met you once. Like, who says things like this? Hmm. So to sum up, 
we, I tried to be friends with him, but each time we hung out, it was a little bit like a date. Mm-hmm. And he just kept like telling me things and like wanting to open up to me and like wanting, and it was like trying to date you without dating you kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And so I just stopped hanging out with him and made other friends because I was like, this doesn't feel safe. Like this feels weird. I am going to go into the archive messages on WhatsApp oh. and find <laughs> some messages. But my last message from him was this year. Yeah. I stopped responding in 2018. Stay oh, tuned. Great tenacity there, Paul. Yeah. And so you've searched the archive. What did you find? Tried to be friends through basically the end of 2017, early 2018. And I'm just going to read you. So the last text message that I sent was December of 2018 after a how are you message, which is one of Paul's favorites. Mm -hmm. And I said, good, thanks. Hope your holidays are going well. That was the last message I ever sent to him. I will now read you from 17 June to uh basically now um of messages i hope you enjoy and after this we will conclude our episode mm-hmm. with drinking <laughs> paul i'm around next weekend if you are how are you you well mate that's me off mate take care and hopefully chat when i get back back smiley face hey you how are you when is good for you to catch up to do drinks how are you, pal? Do you fancy a catch-up soon? I know you must be mega busy. Hello, stranger. How are you? How are you? Good, thanks. This is me. Hope your holidays are going well. End of communications from Hannah. Paul. Hi, yeah. Bit worried, to be honest, that you had disappeared. Haha. Never know what's going on with you. Haha. Merry Christmas. How's your boxing day been? Have I annoyed you in some way? Happy New Year. How have you been? How have you been? How have you been? How's everything with you? How have you been? Hey, how are you? What happened? Why did we just stop talking all of a sudden? This is June. This is six months. No communication. August. How have you been? 16 November. How have you been? This year, March 25th. Hey, how are you getting on? July 8th. Hey, how have you been? 22nd November. How have you been? Well, Paul. Um, at Paul. At Paul. Um, listen, mate. I think the time has come to stop. I think that we've reached the point in our lives where we can bid adieu to one another. It's been great been fun i've been great hannah's been great everyone's great the end at all men who message us multiple times why if you don't get a response the first five times which is pushing it i think you have your answer i would like to read this message because i'm only gonna read his half because it's really really important that anyone who is talking to a guy who's like this or a girl who's like this, they hear it. Mm -hmm. Like they hear it in this and it is stonewashed. So after this, 
that will be all the tea from Paul. For context, it's 100% over. She told me last night. Don't worry. I think I knew it was coming. But equally, I'm pretty devastated. She said she just didn't like me in that way anymore, apparently. Despite booking a holiday and telling me a week before that it was going well. I'm very confused, but I've just cut communications. Now, this was the girlfriend mm -hmm. that he got after his wife, who he was, quote unquote, still secretly married to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I remember. But he did that thing where, like, he got a girlfriend and we weren't dating and he would talk to me about the girlfriend mm -hmm. and then the girlfriend broke up with him. Now, at this moment, it's like a honeypot. Like, I'm supposed to rush in and fix it. Mm -hmm. If this is at you, don't fix it. <laughs> like, thankfully, nothing ever happened with Paul. That's emotional manipulation, and we don't stand it. We don't. So, that's been red flags. That's been at it. Taylor Swift loving you was red. This is such a great conversation, Hannah. I'm so glad we did this. I'm Hannah. I'm Emma. Oh, that's the tea.